Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, did you enjoy the big game? Yeah, I did. I mean, I was maybe I built it up a little too much, thinking it might be one of the best Super Bowls ever, and I had super high expectations. It ended up being very entertaining, and I think the better team won, and uh, I guess there is some dynasty ramifications there, some things that happened. But um, yeah, enjoyable all in all. Now I'm in that weird mode where there's no more football for a while. Oh, that's not weird. This is this is our time. Yeah, it is. You're right. I'll be heading the combine soon. And, you know, right. That's right. We're less than a month from the combine. Uh, tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday night. This is tomorrow's a big day for me because my fantasy league rolls over to the next year. We get some new mock drafts, some rookie mock drafts. Start finding out the how the community is is valuing these incoming players and. We're going to kind of do that same thing today as well. Uh, we've got a great guest, one of my good buddies in the industry, George Kritikos from 4 for 4. George, how about you? Enjoy the game? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, you know, it was a tough day yesterday because you have to watch Groundhog Day, the movie, and also watch <laughs> the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's it's a balancing act. It's not easy. And I see that Matt has already moved on from football. He's got his Penguin shirt on, so he's just, oh, like, sure. ready to go. He's like, I'm ready to root for my next team already. <laughs> The Steelers didn't give him anything to root for this year. <laughs> oh, <so>. nice. <laughs> All right, so we've, we've got a fun one today, guys. Um, another friend of ours, Matt Miller from uh, from Bleacher Report, NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, uh, does a great job and, and has a great following over there. He released his seven-round, I think this is his first seven-round NFL mock draft, and, and he does a couple of these. But with the season now officially over, we've been calling it the off season for a while, but it, it is officially over now, and Matt released his uh, seven-round NFL mock draft. And, and we're going to use that to do our own mock draft. Of course, a dynasty rookie mock draft. Uh, of course, obviously, as, as we always do when we're picking rookies, we're going to uh, pay close attention to the draft capital uh, what round are these players uh, being selected? And, and obviously as well, the the team and the situation that they're landing on. I think some of these picks are interesting ones in that they they likely mean uh, they likely mean more to that team. Maybe it means a free agent leaving. Uh, maybe it means a team moving on from a, from a disappointing player. And, and we'll touch on those things as we go through these picks. So again, this, this mock draft, we're going, we're going to shoot for two rounds guys. We'll see if it happens. Uh, but this mock draft will be based on Matt Miller's seven round mock draft. We know these picks aren't, aren't going to land exactly that way, but I think it's, uh, it's fun. It's a good exercise in this early point of the process. And George buddy, we gave you, Ryan, real quick, I apologize, but I think this is a, a great idea, but just wanted to ask you one thing real quick. We're just operating under the assumption that Matt Miller's draft is gospel, it happened, and then we're going to have our rookie draft the next day, right? Yep, that's it. Okay, that's I got it. it. Cool. And, and and as I said, uh, Matt touches on a few of these things in his write-up, but there's also some of these picks that likely mean other things, and, and we'll mention those as we go through uh, as we go through the draft as well. So, George... Lead us off with the 101. Who are you taking? And, and if you want to throw in how maybe a, a team or a draft capital situation maybe impacts your current rankings, that's that's a good thing too. <laughs> 
Yeah, so so I, I, I like the lead-in, because first off, I had a feeling you were going to give me the 101 here. I thought you'd be oh, yeah. very gracious. Uh, yes. And, and, and that point of, you know, the domino effect of some of these picks made me think really hard about the 101. Uh, but I ultimately went with DeAndre Swift, who in Matt's draft goes in the first round on, with the 26th pick to the Dolphins. Uh, so my reasoning there... Uh, one is he's the only running back in the draft who goes in the first round in his iteration, uh, with their two other picks, they pick a quarterback and an offensive tackle. So I like that there's more help coming, even if the quarterback may not be healthy at the beginning of the year. And you know that he's walking into that job. I mean, there is literally no competition there. Uh, and I like Deandre Swift. I think he's a great all around back. He's really explosive. He obviously has a lot of experience with, with Georgia and, and playing in a tough conference. I'm an SEC fan. So obviously I, I've seen a fair amount of them. So, uh, it was a tough decision, but I feel like Swift is the safest choice based on how things kind of fell in this situation. Doesn't it really remind you of Josh Jacobs a year ago? You know, a team that had, what, three first-round picks. It isn't really good. Rebuilding, only running back in the first round, mid-20s area in real life. And, hey, you'd probably take Josh Jacobs with the 101. You mean, that kind of production, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, Swift has some of the same questions as Jacobs around, you know, injury history and, you know, ability to kind of carry the ball and and be that, you know, kind of bell cow back. And, uh, you know, I think... uh, I think Swift will answer those questions. And, and yeah, I totally agree. I thought of Jacobs too, like right away. So George is uh, regardless or separate of this mock draft is Swift, your, your one Oh one favorite I think, at this point. I think so. I I'm still on the fence. I feel like the, you know, landing spot in this draft is going to be so crucial because it's such a talented class that I could see like three or four guys jockeying for a position at the top. Uh, you know, and that's still kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And, and it does seem like, for most people, DeAndre Swift is the favorite, uh, the, the leading option right now to be the 101. But I think that's really what makes it such a great class. To me, I see five guys at the top who, if you took any of them at 101, I wouldn't argue uh, too much about that. So we'll see how they go in this draft. I've got the second pick. I am going to also take a running back. I think it's close between uh, the second running back and, and the top wide receivers but I like a couple of these landing spots for the next running backs. George, you mentioned Swift was the only one in the first round. Pretty early in the second round, uh, Matt had the Atlanta Falcons taking J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. That's who I'm going to take. Guys, I don't know about you. Devontae Freeman just looks done to me. Uh, if this is their pick, we said we said prior to starting that we're going to kind of make some leaps with with these uh with these draft picks so if if this is the falcons pick in the second round maybe that means they've already moved on from freeman they've cut him and and they're moving to jk dobbins if that's the case i certainly think he is worthy of the 1.02 pick well i couldn't agree more i mean i think that's an awesome landing spot matt ryan getting up in age but still very viable to run the offense they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round next year the line has to be better The guys behind Freeman are just guys to me. You know, the passing attack should still remain strong. Uh, If they take a back there, I think that is a huge dynasty boon there. Yeah, I I loved it. That was the other guy I was really thinking about there at the 101. I just couldn't quite pull the trigger there. But, yeah, I think uh, Freeman is, you know, well done toast. You know, he's just, he's done. You know, I don't think there's much left there. 
So it, it makes total sense. So I am on the clock here, right? right? And I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. It is you. You're up. Yep. And a match draft, Judy goes at the 12 spot to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that's the first time I've ever said that. I thought about Lamb, of course. I'm not sure who the better player is. But I do trust Gruden. I'm not sure if Carl will be back or not. But I do trust Gruden to really scheme up a number one receiver. We saw them go after Antonio Brown before he went bonkers or in the middle of going bonkers. And I think that is a high, high priority for them. I think it's a pretty good landing spot all in all. Seems like a pretty safe pick, too. Yeah, they're certainly looking for that wide receiver one. As as you mentioned, uh, the, the Brown situation last year basically left them with Tyrell Williams as their top option. That was not a good spot to be. So uh, the, the Raiders taking a wide receiver in the first, whether it's Judy, Lamb, or, or maybe one of these others, uh, almost feels like a, a near certainty at this point. Yeah. 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 All right, so Judy is our wide receiver one, and it's back to George at the 1.04. Yeah, uh, I had another, just thinking about who you guys went, I have two guys on my list, and I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. He goes to the Titans at the end of the second round in in Matt's mock, and my assumption that I am very much operating on, as this would be the only way I'd take him this early, is Derrick Henry is gone. Uh, What if I put a wrench, though, and say they franchise him? Because I think that's what's going to happen, and he still could go running back there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I feel like... I feel like in that situation, I think I'd still take him. Mm-hmm. I think I would. Because I, I, I wouldn't be too nervous if they were shy about giving Henry the long-term extension. Uh, that would make me feel a little better about it. And I'd think at worst, you know, maybe there's a year that Taylor has to split carries. But, I mean, we, we, we've seen what the Titans do with their run offense. And Taylor being in that, to me, would be very attractive. And if I knew for sure Henry was gone... I mean, I consider him even as high as the 102 in that situation. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor, along with Dobbins and Swift, it seems to be like, uh, or it seems that those three are uh, really flip-flopping the order, and, and it is going to come down to draft capital. So in this situation, it, it goes Swift in the first round, in Matt's mock, then Dobbins, and then Taylor comes off the board late in the second round. Uh, as he's actually the fourth running back selected. We'll see how long it takes us to get to that third. That leaves me up uh, to pick at the 1.05. This is a pretty easy pick to me. I mentioned before we started, I think there are five guys you could make a case for. Uh, Four of them are off the board, so I'm going to take C.D. Lamb, uh, the wide receiver in in this situation. He's being drafted uh, by the Denver Broncos in the in the middle of the first round, the 15th pick overall, pairing him with Cortland Sutton. We'll see if they've got their quarterback of the future in Drew Locke. I think there's still some some questions about that. But uh, with Lamb and Sutton, that they would instantly become the top young wide receiver duo in the league, I think. See, I would love that. If, if that does happen and I was a Broncos fan, I'd be doing cartwheels to get you know C.D. Lamb next to Sutton. I don't know that that'd be a great, great landing spot for Lamb. And do you think that's maybe why he fell to five in our draft? Because he might go first overall in some rookies, right? I think potentially. I, I just look at the at the teams, especially in the first round, that might consider a wide receiver. And I mean, the Raiders obviously have a need. I think you can say the Broncos have a need. They had a couple of options behind Sutton, and, and those didn't work out after they uh, after they moved on from Emmanuel Sanders. 
I'm just not, I'm not really doing, doing backflips about any of those mm-hmm. landing spots. I think the Eagles uh, is kind of interesting as a, as a landing spot for a receiver. Uh, but, but overall, I, I think it's fine. I, I guess is where yeah. I would be. It's I'm not, not excited about it, but it's okay. Matt, that puts you on the clock at 1.06. Yeah, I, I really love, with the 60th pick in this draft, the Ravens take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I think that's a great landing spot. He's very different than Ingram. We know they run like crazy. We know that scheme and that quarterback makes for a lot of potential um, you know, big gains, and I don't think Ingram is much of a roadblock at all. Um, I would gladly do that. I mean, I do think those top five, there's kind of probably a line after them, but if he ends up in Baltimore, I'm all over that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. And that was the guy I would have picked if, if you hadn't, that makes total sense to me. And I, I think, again, does it go back to the assumption that, you know, Ingram's gone or what has happens to justice Hill and, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. That, that was an interesting call for me as well. And, and he was the player, the running back also drafted in the second round. So second round running backs in this seven round mock draft went JK Dobbins, Edward Hilaire, and then Jonathan Taylor. Those were the three coming off the board. And, and that was the order. I don't think I haven't seen any rumors of uh, Mark Ingram being cut or anything mm-hmm. like that, but he, but he's obviously nearing, the end. Uh, maybe he has one more year in Baltimore, and we know they want to run the ball a ton. Matt, would you consider this bad news for Ingram or bad news for Justice Hill if this were the pick? Mm, I think no matter what, Ingram's not long for this world. So I think that one we know about. But if they were to make this pick, considering their front seven needs a lot of work, I still think they need receiver help. That would tell me that they don't have a ton of love for Justice Hill or just see him as a role player. Yeah, yeah. I I still have a ton of love for Justice Hill, so that one would hurt, but we always have surprises like that in the NFL draft, uh, which is is another good reason that this is uh, kind of a good exercise to go through. All right, so that was the first half of round one. It went DeAndre Swift, who in this scenario is a first-rounder to the Dolphins. He's the 101 to George. J.K. Dobbins, second-rounder to the Falcons, is the 1.02, the first wide receiver drafted, both in this mock draft and in our Dynasty rookie mock draft, is Jerry Judy at the 1.03. Jonathan Taylor going to the Titans and potentially taking the place of Derrick Henry as the 104. C.D. Lamb, 105, going to Denver in the middle of the first round. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, LSU running back, now potentially a Baltimore Ravens running back, is the 1.06. I got two little nuggets before we go to the second half of the first round, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, question for Same question for both of you. If you currently own owned the 1.05 in any of your leagues, and I said you could turn that into C.D. Lamb on early January, you both would say yes in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, that's a value pick almost no matter where he lands. Um, And then, secondly, I just want to tell everyone about Dynasty Owner. You know, while we're here in the middle of the first round, I thought it was a good time to talk about Dynasty Owner. Dynasty Owner is the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game that combines Dynasty fantasy football with actual NFL player contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. They use the actual NFL player contracts and salaries. There's no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. 
Every contract matters. Dynasty owners just finished their Dynasty owner just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on their mobile app for iOS and Android and they'll be ready for the rookie drafts in May. They're opening up the game to everyone in 2020, but they're limiting it to 1,012 team leagues. You can win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete for in the chase for the ring. So come join the 2020 season waitlist at www.dynastyowner.com and start your dynasty. All right, George, we're going right back to you to kick off the second half of round one. 1.07, you are on the clock. All right. Uh, I think I don't love the landing spot, but I love the player. I'm going to go with T. Higgins, who goes to the Bills with the 22nd pick in the first round. I just, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, if John Brown wasn't there, I'd be even more excited about that landing spot. But as is, you know, I'm a little nervous that it takes him some time to kind of become part of the offense. But I love, you know, a guy with a gigantic catch radius go into a team where, you know, the quarterback can't, you know, can't hit anything accurately, but can throw the ball 60 yards down the field. So uh, for me, it makes a ton of sense. I feel like it's a perfect fit. It's just a question of how soon does he get on the field and uh, make an impact. But I'm a big fan of T. Higgins. Yeah, I like that pick. And and that actually feels like the pretty obvious pick to me at that point. Kind of maybe felt like you had a little bit of... A little hesitant. uh, a little, a little hesitation making that one, but looking at the the players, the landing spots that that we're considering in this exercise, I think that was the right way to go. I want to I want to talk about tiers here. A- am I right in assuming that the top five is the tier for you, George? Did the did the landing spots or draft capital change anything about um, that? Not not really. I mean, I have Higgins is kind of the guy on the border with that top five. I feel right. like if he had a really good landing spot and I felt confident that he could play right away and, and have a big role, then then he might creep in there. But but otherwise, that top five is that top five. Yeah. So Higgins go again in this uh, mock draft, seven round mock draft from Matt Miller. You can find the um, the full mock at uh, Bleacher Report. But in that, he's got T. Higgins being drafted in the first round to the Buffalo Bills, 22nd overall. The player I'm going to select goes right ahead of him. Henry Ruggs, Eagles, 21st overall. Uh, we've talked about Ruggs recently on uh, on the show with Ray. There, there's some good and bad with Henry Ruggs, obviously. We talked about the Eagles as a landing spot. We know they need a speed guy. I think they really need any help at wide receiver they can get. And if T. Higgins were to land, uh, were, were to go one pick earlier, if he's going to the Eagles, he seems like a perfect Alshon Jeffrey replacement to me. And I could see him at least at six and maybe even maybe even cracking that top five. George, would you uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. That that definitely would be the case. I'd be right there with you. We talked about him, like you said, last week. I mean, and Philadelphia could use him. Badly. I, I would be shocked if he's on the board and the Eagles pass on him in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he's exactly what they need. Yeah, are you talking rugs? Yes. Now? Yeah. Yeah. So in the in this mock, they do take rugs. That's who I'm going to take at 1.08. Uh, Ray had, had all but talked me out of him last week, but here I am. <laughs> I, I do think the Eagles make a lot of sense. I think that's the perfect landing spot. Uh, and again, that was coming off the board at the 21st pick in the first round and now in the eighth pick of the first round of our rookie mock draft. 
Matt, that puts you on the clock at nine. Yeah, I, I don't. Frankly, I don't know as much about Justin Jefferson as some of these, you know, top receivers. But if the New Orleans Saints use a twenty-fourth pick on a wide receiver, I am highly interested. You know, what if Michael Thomas were to miss time or whatever? But I'm just thinking them as a compliment. Um, they know how to use them. It's an ideal landing spot for me. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they go after a, a veteran, honestly. I mean, I'm not saying A.J. Green, but somebody of note, you know, that'll stretch the field. But the landing spot here hooks me on Jefferson. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. We always have to pay attention when the Saints add a wide receiver, when the, you know, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Steelers add wide receivers. Those are Those are teams that always get us interested. The Saints have tried, right? I mean... Uh, Traquan Smith and and they've uh, brought in other uh, other options that just haven't worked out. Jefferson, uh, I'm I'm not sure where he is originally from, but obviously some some ties there locally playing for LSU. That would be uh, a nice spot for him, you would think. And he consistently, whether you're looking at Matt's mock drafts or or any other around the industry, he's consistently landing in that late first round. So it, it certainly seems like uh, there's some smoke there. He's a guy that, I don't know, he just hasn't had much hype in the Dynasty uh, community for some reason. George, any thoughts on Jefferson? I mean, I I like it. I love the fit. I think it makes a ton of sense because it's not another one of those, you know, speed receivers for the Saints. I mean, he's a guy who actually can do some other things. He was a monster in the red zone. I think he had 12 red zone touchdowns on 19 targets, which is uh, pretty insane. Uh, you know, I, I like him and I think it's a good spot. I, my one question I come back to is like, how much longer is Breeze there? And do they have a backup plan ready for when he's, when he's going? That's, that's the other thing I wanted to ask Matt. What if, uh, between now and then, and of course we have plenty of time, if Drew Brees announces his retirement and no. re-sign Teddy Bridge. Because again, I preface that by saying, I don't know a ton about him and therefore, there's some receivers available I think are better prospects, although I will admit that Matt Miller knows way more about this than me. Um, but what if it's... So I think what's more likely is Bree says, hey, I'm going to give it another year, and you maybe get one or two out of him, and Taysom Hill returns, and maybe they draft somebody. I mean, sometimes you see the mocks taking um, a, a quarterback in the first round, too. So um, if Breeze retired, I would not make this pick to answer your question. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. All right, let's uh, finish off the first round here. These are the last three picks of round one. George, on the clock at 1.10. Yes, so I will take LaVisca Chenault, who goes to the Bengals at the top of the second round with the 33rd pick. Uh, so in, in Matt's mock, he has Burrow going first to uh, the Bengals as well. So I like the idea of Chenault and, and Burrows together. I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, he's a, a great possession receiver who's really good after the catch. I feel like he could be a guy that even if Burrow struggles in the beginning could create a lot with whatever he's given. Uh, so I feel like it just, it's, it's a great fit for them. They'll grow together. And I think he kind of has a bit of that Anquan Bolden vibe in terms of how he, or like Golden Tate or one of those who can really do something after the catch and isn't just a, uh, you know, catch it and fall down type of guy. Would you have taken Chenault if I, if Jefferson was still available? Cause I was really torn between those two. Those were the two I was torn between two. Okay. I was just waiting to see which one you didn't take, and I was going to take gotcha. the other. <laughs> yeah, I really like Chenault. Broke out as a sophomore at Colorado. My only concern with him is the injuries. Yeah. Uh, he's he's had some consistent and uh, somewhat serious injuries. Uh, missed time in each of his 
seasons in college. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I'll, hopefully that's something he can get past. And uh, Cincinnati, I do think, would be a good landing spot for him. That puts me up on the clock at 1.11. Before I uh, make this pick, just to kind of uh, give listeners a peek, uh, Matt had, in this mock draft, Matt had one first-round running back. That was Swift. He is off the board, of course. He had five first-round wide receivers. All five have now been taken through the first ten picks. He also had three second-round running backs. Those three are also gone. So we've taken... Uh, all of the running backs from rounds one and two, all of the wide receivers from round one. We have not touched the quarterback position or the tight end spot yet. Uh, might be a few more a few more picks before we get there. I am going... Oh, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to dig a little deeper at the right wide receiver position, take a player I really like. Seems like a lot of positive talk about him lately. I'm going to take Jalen Rager, who Matt has being selected uh, later in the second round by the Houston Texans. <clears throat> Rager can do a lot of things, has a ton of speed. And uh, in fact, I've seen a couple people that I really respect ranking him as their wide receiver one or wide receiver two in the class. So draft capital stings a little bit here. Uh, he is the, uh, I believe he's the 10th wide receiver drafted in this, uh, in this mock draft from Matt Miller. So that hurts. I, I do like the Houston landing spot. And in some ways it feels like a crowded death chart with uh, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, but be- behind him, Will Fuller, uh, Kenny Stills, and Kiki QT. But all, all three of those guys have had uh, either trouble with injuries or, or just trouble being consistent. So I, I could see Rager, if if he's the real deal, I could see him coming in and earning that second wide receiver spot pretty quickly. I'll take him at the 1.11 pick. George, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I have him kind of with like the last couple of picks we've had all in that same little bunch there. So it, it, it makes total sense. And, you know, I agree. I think the injury concerns from the, the wide receiver position just makes it clear that, that they definitely have – a need there especially with Hopkins as well as a concussion history so it's not as if he's immune to it either so you never know what the next one might do to him uh and and having a young quarterback it just makes sense that they want to pile on the weapons and, and Rager's a huge playmaker I, I I love watching him play yeah what I've seen of Rager I've really really liked and I wonder if it even lasts this long to 57 in the real world but there are a lot of receivers obviously the one thing I disagree, well, I disagree is a strong word. I mean, I, the landing spot to me made him drop a little bit. I mean, I would have taken him four yeah. or five picks earlier, but you, you said it well, Ryan. Like, if he came in and is the man and is clearly number two and he's reliable, which all those other guys are not, wow, he could light it up. But it just seems like a lot of obstacles in his way in Houston. Yeah, that's a fair point. Looking at at the other receivers taken in this range, we won't spoil the names yet, but the Colts take a wide receiver, the Seahawks take one, the Chiefs take one in that uh in that second round range. If he went if Rager went to any of those teams, I think he would have gone off the board at least two or three picks earlier than the 1.11. Matt, finish off the first round for us. 112 is on the clock. Yeah, I'm gonna. The Cardinals keep Brandon Ayuk in Arizona. I think it's a great landing spot. You know, learn from Larry, a tricks of the trade for a year. I still think they want to play a lot of three and even four wide receiver sets. I trust Kingsbury a little bit. I mean, I think they showed progress. It exceeded my expectations this year. I love Kyler Murray. I mean, I think that team has a long way to go and should continue to throw a lot. 
I think that's a really good landing spot in the top of round two. That'd be the 40th pick overall in this draft. Yeah, Ayuk is a guy who was gaining some steam, uh, being tabbed as a as a first round NFL draft pick potentially, and then had some trouble at the Senior Bowl, got sent home, uh, flagged medically. So we'll we'll see if we learn any more details about that. The NFL Combine should should probably bring those to light. Hopefully, nothing too serious for him. If not, late first round, early second round is likely the range for him in dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great pick. That's who I would have gone to with the next one here. Yeah, and the Cardinals. That's another. We, we threw out several teams earlier. When the Cardinals take a wide receiver, I think that's another situation that we should we should perk up and, and pay some close attention to. Yeah, I agree. Before we move on to round two, let's uh, let's recap. Round uh, the the back half of round one one point oh seven George took T Higgins landing in the first round with the Buffalo Bills. I took Henry Ruggs also a first rounder to the Eagles at one point oh eight. Justin Jefferson another first round rookie receiver goes to the Saints and goes to Matt at one point oh nine. Lavisca Chenault is the first second round receiver drafted. By George at 110, we take a couple more. Jalen Rager at 111, Brandon Ayuk at 112, and George is back on the clock at 2.01, 13th overall pick. George, there's a player just staring me down. I don't know if you're going to take him. If not, I'll take him. Who you got here? I feel like I'm going to go curveball and probably not take the guy that you're going to take. Good. Uh, Because I feel like this this is a point for me where things take a drastic turn. Uh, I felt like the top 12 to me in some order was the top 12. And now I'm terrified of everyone else that, that I see on the board. Uh, so I'm going to go with the curveball here. I'm going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn, who goes to the Chiefs at the end of the third round. I think it's the 96 pick overall. We know what the Chiefs running backs do when they're the guy. You know, we saw it last night. Uh, the problem is we don't know who that guy is going to be, whether it's, you know, Damian Williams. I think LaShawn McCoy's a free agent. Uh, there's some depth issues there again, and they don't seem to really be interested in investing a ton of money into a wider or into a running back. So I don't feel like free agency is likely their option. Uh, and I know Vaughn's not the best pass catcher. And by that, I mean, he basically doesn't do it. Um, <laughs> but he's a, he's a great runner. He's got great balance. I, I, I really do like him. And I mean, landing on the chiefs, it just feels like if you're going to take a shot on someone and you're not certain, that's probably a good spot to do it. And this really does feel like what's probably going to happen. I, I don't want to say we can't say this with any certainty. We're we're months away still. I think we're eighty days away actually from the NFL draft. But the Chiefs are. I just can't imagine they take a day one or or really even a day two running back it, it, unless it's late in the third round. Like uh, is the situation here with with grabbing Vaughn. But we're going to have that decision. It's going to be Vaughn or or Zach Moss or Eno Benjamin or somebody like that. And we have to make that decision. How high do we move that player up? Or are they going to suddenly become a first rounder? Uh, we, we saw that some in the past couple of years with, with draft capital and landing spot really changing the value of players. I think that's the perfect spot early in the second round. That's where I would, I would gamble on a player like Vaughn who, who sees that big value boost. That was not the player I was going to take, though. So I'm I'm happy to take Cam Akers, who I think has um, at least at least is in the conversation for being a top three running back in this class. 
potentially ahead of one of the, the bigger names. I don't love the landing spot here. The Jets, Matt has him being drafted in the third round to the Jets. I love the player. I hate the spot. Even if we can assume that Le'Veon Bell is, is either gone or maybe has one more year there, I, I just I don't want any Jets. I don't want any part <laughs> of of that offense, of, of really that team in general, as long as Adam Gaze is there. But Cam Akers is, is a player that, separate from this mock draft, I would rank as a mid-first rounder. If he falls to the early second, that's, that's where I have to end the free fall. It seems like the, the obvious one. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and that, and you know, I consider that it's just Adam Gase for me is just such poison right now to yeah. to fantasy players that it's hard for me to 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 your point invest in anyone on that team. Yeah, I, I certainly don't blame you. Two point oh three, Matt, you're up. Yeah, uh, Seattle took uh, DK Metcalf around this neighborhood in the late second last year. In this mock with the fifty ninth pick, they take Michael Pittman Jr. I'm not saying he's the exact same guy, but hey, if you're going to play with Russell Wilson for the next four years and go up and get it type of player, physical guy, you know, and I think he would be a great fit with Seattle, although clearly he's their number three, which isn't wonderful. But Russell Wilson carries a lot of weight in this decision for me. Yeah, I don't blame you. They they basically take the pretty much the biggest wide receiver available last year and Metcalf, as you mentioned. Uh, I think Pittman's... I think Pittman's probably the biggest uh, overall receiver this year in, in build and frame. So he would he would fit a new a new style they're looking for if that were the pick. And again, Matt Miller has him going, has Michael Pittman going uh, in the late second round to Seattle, and our Matt takes him at two point oh three. George, that puts you up at two point oh four. Oh, lucky me! All right, uh, let's see. I don't want to eat my words, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna pivot from my own board. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Donovan Peoples Jones here, wide receiver who goes to the Colts and with the 44th pick in the second round. You know I like Peoples Jones. I'm I'm a little surprised he's going this high given kind of a lack of production in college, but I do think he was relatively efficient. He goes to a team that really needs help at wide receiver. I think he does fit. Uh, the type of player that they like. He's very creative with the ball. Um, I know that they picked a wide receiver last year in the second round and, you know, Paris Campbell didn't really work out for them, but I feel like with T.Y. Hilton getting older, with Devin Funches having done nothing and he's a free agent, uh, I just think the opportunity is too great here and he's a talented player who just needs to to prove that he can be healthy and, and effective. Yeah, I, I like the Peoples-Jones pick. I would like for him, to, I, I'd like to be able to get him a little bit later than this. That's mm-hmm. kind of kind of the vibe I was getting from you as well. Uh, I, I like the player, like the situation though, as uh, landing with the Colts. And if this is if this is how it really does play out, and that's what we're assuming, if he's a, a mid-second rounder in the NFL draft, then this is probably going to be about where we see him come off the board. Colts are an interesting landing spot for receivers, Possibly quarterbacks, possibly tight end. I don't think Ebron's going to be back, and definitely running back, too. So they have a line. The rest is up in the air a little bit, but I trust the organization. Well, and I think Matt had the the Colts getting a quarterback in the first round. I think it was Jordan Love, if I remember right. Uh, So, I mean, clearly Matt sees an opportunity for that offense to kind of move a little bit in a different direction. Yeah, that's a good point because this is a team that – 
conceivably could just run it back with uh, with Brissett and and Marlon Mack and and their depth at running back, and uh, they almost certainly have to add a wide receiver, and then they have Jack Doyle coming back as well. But it wouldn't be a surprise, Matt, as you said, if they added uh, help at really all four of those positions throughout the uh, throughout the seven rounds of the draft. I'm going to take the player I think you're maybe looking at there. I'm going somehow back to the Jets. I'll take um, I'll take Edwards, Brian Edwards, the wide receiver. In this scenario, he's drafted early in the third round by the Jets. Again, really similar to the thoughts I had about Cam Akers. I love the player. Uh, I would uh, I would rank him higher than this outside of this mock draft. I do expect him to probably land in the third round, so I, I don't hate the draft capital. I just I just hate the Jets right now. But anyway, <laughs> I'll take Brian Edwards, 2.05. Get all that Jets offensive stock you can. <laughs> Some, somehow stacking Jets. This is not, <laughs> not the way I planned it. All right, Matt, 2.06 is yours. Um, I'm going to go with Cole Komet, who in this draft, Matt has him going 30th overall to the Packers which would break my heart because I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that Jay Sternberger gets that role because I think it's a prime, prime role. But if it would go this way, I would say, boy, that's a great landing spot. I don't know that he's a special talent, but if he goes in the first round, I think that says a lot. Might be a little early to take the first tight end off the board in a a dynasty rookie draft, but... Uh, I you know playing with Aaron Rodgers is a pretty nice situation. Yeah, they they just need guys who can catch the ball, right? Whether it's tight ends or or receivers, I, I would be kind of surprised if they went this way. If if they took one of those receivers instead, I mean, at that point uh, in his draft, Chenault is still available, uh, Brandon Ayuk is still available, and and Jalen Rager and, and a few mm-hmm. others. So it seems like that's that that would surprise me if they went tight end. I, I don't know if they know what they have in Jay Sternberger yet. Of course, rumors that they are moving on from Jimmy Graham, that would not be a surprise. So I, I can certainly see them adding a tight end. I, I don't know if it'll be the first round though. I agree. All right, George 2.07 is yours. Yeah. All right. I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> you can see how excited I am for this. I, part I of the can draft. tell. I have like three or four names, and I'm not excited about any of them. Uh, all right. I am going to also go with the Packers. I will go with Chase Claypool, uh, and he goes at the end of the third round, the 94th pick to the Packers. And and I know you guys have talked about this before and just the dire need the Packers have with wide receiver, to your point. You know, I'm surprised that, that, that you know, it was a tight end in the first round. I would have thought it would have been a wide receiver, but third round for me is early enough that I'm willing to invest into – uh, a Packers wide receiver and, and uh, you know, expect at least an opportunity for him because I do think he's a, a sure-handed receiver or something that they really need right now because uh, Scantling certainly proved that, that he's not that guy. Yeah, Scantling was a disappointment. Uh, really, basically all the receivers were disappointments. So uh, whoever they take, whether first, second, third round, we do have to pay attention. And, and a guy like Chase Claypool, big target, could even – could even play some tight end potentially. <laughs> um, so that that's another piece that would be a surprise if they take Komet and then they take the big bodied wide receiver. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that would be another statement for the, the way they want their offense to go. Cause every time we do one of these mock drafts, I, I sit down and I make my rankings beforehand. And then every single time I ignore them and, and go away from them. So <laughs> I have already done that. 
uh, as we've gone through this. So now I'm going to circle back and, and pick the guy I skipped. I'm going to take Zach Moss. Uh, he is the running back. He's landing with the Arizona Cardinals in the fourth round. I had him ranked 14th, and then I took a couple guys over him that I, I had originally ranked higher. So I'll take Zach Moss. Um, lots of uncertainty with that Cardinals backfield. Kenyon Drake is a free agent. I think the Cardinals wish David Johnson was a free agent, but he's not. They're, prob- they're probably stuck with him. Uh, in this scenario, I could see Moss coming in and and maybe even being the lead uh, the lead ball carrier if they can't keep Drake in town. Yeah, that's who I was going to take. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but Pro Football Focus has him as their number one running back in this class right now, too. And a lot of it's, you know, after contact stuff. But I think there'd be a lot of space in Arizona. I think that'd be a pretty good fit. That's who I wanted. Yeah, I can't get I can't get on board with the RB one in this class quite yet. But um, <laughs> seems a little crazy. But yeah. But it, to me, this is he, he's a value at this pick. Matt two point oh nine. Yeah, I'm scrambling a little. Um, but keep it close to home here. Denzel Mims to the Steelers at the end of round three. This would be with a comp pick. Um, I don't know that receiver is a huge need. I think tight end and running back are the bigger needs. But Steelers third round receiver sounds like an awful, you know, pretty successful formula in the dynasty and in the real world. And I know Mims has a lot of lot to work with. Yeah, I, I don't even need to know the name. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know the, right, the right. you know the the college. I don't need to know the height or the weight. Steelers third round receiver. That's who I want. So I like that Sign pick, guys. We have three picks left. One pick each to finish off round two. George, this is your last one. Take your shot here. Who's it going to be? Oh yeah, this is this for me. I don't want to say it's an easy one, but I, I want to get him in into the second round. I'm going to go with Tua. Uh, I'm going to crack the quarterback, uh, you know, seal here. Uh, he goes to the Dolphins with the fifth pick. And I like the landing spot because you think about Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. In this scenario, he'd also have DeAndre Swift. He'd have a new offensive tackle, so they're obviously improving the line. He'd have a year to heal up behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. And and I really do think that he's a generational quarterback talent. I mean, we saw what he can do when he's healthy. And I just think that, you know, it, it actually would be a pretty good landing spot for him. I'm happy to assume that the medicals take place and, and he's good because I don't think someone would invest the fifth pick in him if, if there was some ongoing lingering concerns. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to take him here. I feel like this is the right spot for him. I love that pick. I was wondering how long it would take. Uh, your your Crimson Tide homerism <laughs> hadn't come out yet, uh, but but it does now. But uh, I mean, honestly, that that's a great value pick, both Tua and uh, and a couple of the other quarterbacks. I think you could make a case as high as yeah. mid second round for for those guys. Uh, all right, that leaves me on the clock. Two point eleven. Uh, I think I'm just going to follow your lead here, George. I think I'm going to take Joe Burrow at the 2.11. Again, I already mentioned I like the value of the quarterback. Uh, of course, in this scenario, Matt has Burrow coming off the board at, as the first overall pick to the Bengals. Uh, in, in some ways, that feels like another one of those teams we just want to avoid, but I don't think that's the case. They've, they've got some solid pass catchers there, regardless of what happens with A.J. Green. In this scenario, they're bringing in uh, LaVisca Chenault in the early second round, as we've already talked about. So adding him to John Ross, adding him to uh, Tyler Boyd, 
And we expect Joe Burrow to start uh, from day one, coming off one of the most impressive college football seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. So at 2.11, I'll take Joe Burrow as my last pick and put Matt on the clock uh, with his final pick. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Thaddeus Moss to the Patriots. Uh, If the Patriots are going to use a top 100 pick on a tight end, I am certainly listening. I mean, they went from elite, elite players there to just (laughs) dog poop. I mean, just such bad tight end play. They need somebody. Daddy worked out pretty well there. I think Brady will be back. I don't know that it's a great long-term fit. If you only get a year out of Brady, who's to say? But I was going to take Burrow, and you took him, so I was kind of swimming I'm glad to snipe you. Uh, I had Moss on my list as well, um, mostly due to the need. and, And it seems like, I mean, it's been... 20 years guys it's probably been as long as we've been playing dynasty that uh, if new england takes a player especially a tight end you want that player and i'm just i'm starting to wonder if that's the case anymore last year we were excited yeah. Nikhil harry was the was the top two or three pick uh, damian harris was uh, was a solid pick in the in the second round and as our listeners know was was one of my favorite guys to grab in, in rookie drafts, probably yours as well, George, being an Alabama guy. Yep. And, and both of those guys honestly look like bust one year in. So it's a little scary. I don't know if uh, I don't know if we can just auto-draft uh, whoever the Patriots select. But, of course, they have a need at tight end. The other tight end that I was considering there was uh, Adam Troutman, who had a big, uh, a big senior bowl. And in this scenario, he actually gets drafted – uh, or gets mocked ahead of Thaddeus Moss and lands with the Saints. So potentially uh, Jared Cook, uh, I don't think he's going anywhere for 2020, but uh, he's also on the back end of his career. So if uh, if Troutman's being groomed as the eventual Saints starter, that would be another player to consider late in the second round, early in the third round. I was considering Hopkins to the Bears, too, who went 43rd overall in this draft. One quick question for you guys just while we're talking tight ends. What if the Patriots were to use their first-round pick on a guy like Komet? I mean, do you think he would be a top-15 rookie pick? George, what do you think? I think, like, if I assume, let's say, it's like a similar draft like this, that that that, that feels like yeah. it. That'd be where I'd start considering him, at least. I, I don't know if I would pull the trigger at 15, but I feel like that's that's where I'd start thinking about him. Yeah, no, I don't it's not think crazy so. crazy talk, huh? Yeah, I think this tight end class is getting... Uh, getting some heat as a as a bad one as a disappointing one, but to me there's a, a handful of players who could really go in any order, uh, which is a good thing. It is going to be landing spot and draft capital dependent. Probably uh, certainly not taking any tight ends in the first round, regardless of landing spot. Probably not even the top fifteen, as we say there. Uh, b- but there could be two or three guys you want to consider late in the second or early in the third round, as as I mentioned. George, before we wrap up, any other players you had your eye on? Any other guys that uh, you like the landing spot for? If, if we were, if we were to go three rounds, I thought it was interesting. There were a pair of second round receivers we didn't end up doing, and, and KJ Hamler and, and Gabriel Davis. Hamler going to the Jaguars at forty two, and, and Gabriel Davis, which was an interesting one, going to the Chiefs at sixty four. I was a little surprised by that one, just knowing with Michael Hardman having you know gone there last year and, and Tyreek Hill 
I mean, maybe they're just afraid that Tyree Kill has another offseason uh, and and things go bad for him. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I would say a couple guys that earmarked, earmarked Eno Benjamin to the Buccaneers in the fourth round. I thought that was really interesting, just knowing the need that they have. Um, that was one that, that stood out to me a bit. And another tight end, um, just to pile on to the ones that you guys mentioned, was Hunter Bryant to the Panthers in the third, just knowing that Greg Olson won't be back. And, yeah. you know, Ian Thomas has done well. But if they put a third rounder into a tight end, I'd be curious to see uh, what happens there. And I'd, I'd probably put a third round flyer on a guy like Bryant. I got two names, too. And one of them was Van mm-hmm. Jefferson to the, the Cowboys in the early third, uh, mid-third. Just because he seems very NFL ready, and th- that style of receiver seems to translate quickly to the league, and this would be more of a super flex. But if Jalen Hurts goes in the third round to the Raiders, he might be on the field before you know it. And I don't even think he's very good. So does does NFL ready just mean old for Van Jefferson? <laughs> uh, I would meant route runner, but also old translates also old. to. Um, I'm on board with with most of the guys you guys you two named there, except for Van Jefferson, uh, Jared Jared Pinkney, another tight end in this mock lands with the Chargers. We'll see if they resign Hunter Henry, who is a free agent. Uh, if they're spending a uh, an early third rounder on a tight end, that probably means Hunter Henry is off that roster. So if that's the case, I'd be interested in Pinkney. Uh, we talked a little bit about the quarterbacks. There were three other first round quarterbacks that. Uh, that we did not select or, or really even mention Justin Herbert to the Chargers could be viewed as a, a, an immediate starter there with Rivers moving on. Jordan Love, we talked about a little bit going to the Colts. That's that's a connection that has been uh, has been made a lot. Evidently, that front office has made it clear they they really like Jordan Love. So you'll see him going to the Colts in in many mock drafts. And then Jacob Eason from Washington landing with the Buccaneers. Of course, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston as a free agent. And then I have to mention my guy, uh, Lynn Bowden (laughs) from Kentucky. In this mock draft, really a a nice landing spot. He goes third round to the Ravens. Uh, So Bowden is is an accomplished wide receiver, but uh, also led the SEC in rushing this year as he uh, took over as Kentucky's quarterback and, and had to run the ball a ton. So he's kind of, he's kind of a do it all player would be an interesting fit in that, uh, in that Ravens offense and maybe an emergency starter. If, if knock on wood, anything were to happen to Lamar Jackson, he, I don't think Bowden is quite that uh, type of accomplished runner, but, but he's no slouch either. Uh, he would be a guy I'd, I'd grab in the early third round as well. Maybe even earlier if I if I was wearing my blue glasses that day. <laughs> the other guy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you go, mentioned go the. Oh, I was just gonna go say ahead, um, go no, the one other one I was gonna mention and and I forgot about was Colin Johnson going top one hundred to the Giants just because the Giants would love to have a receiver over five foot ten. Uh, so I feel like having a guy who's six foot six and, you know, he didn't have a great year this year because of injuries and everything, but he was really productive the year before. I feel like that'd be an interesting one too, that I, that I'd be willing to take a shot on in the third, knowing they have zero red zone options other than Saquon Barkley right now. Yeah. Those, those are good ones. A a couple of receivers. We, we just keep going here. That's, that's how exciting this class is that we can just keep talking about them beyond the two rounds, but two wide receivers that dynasty players seem to be pretty high on. I've seen both of these guys ranked uh, in the top 15 or 18 of a, of a lot of rankings. 
in this mock draft, they fall to the sixth round. And of course that is going to hurt their, uh, their dynasty value. Antonio Gandy golden, uh, from Liberty goes to the, uh, goes in the sixth round to the Carolina Panthers. That, that would be a little bit of a concern too, with, with the landing spot behind DJ Moore, behind Curtis Samuel could be a while before we saw him produce. And then Tyler Johnson, he's a guy we, we thought might be a first round, uh, dynasty pick a year ago, chose to stay in school, uh, maybe a little bit of a disappointing season for him as well uh, for Minnesota in this mock draft. He goes to the Dolphins uh, in the sixth round. So so both of those guys in our mock draft fall out of the second round, but would would be exciting third rounders for sure, I think. Yep. Yeah, those are good names. Um, the two notes I had were, uh, this is more of an NFL-related thing, but Matt's pretty dialed in and he has five quarterbacks going in the top 14 picks overall. I mean, has that ever happened? I mean, you talk about a run on top guys. I mean, and all none of those landing spots or none of those picks seem crazy to me. So that could be very – that could really shake up the league if something like that happens. And then a name that just kind of dawned on me that I really liked from the Senior Bowl when I did research on him, but I don't see him anywhere. Maybe Matt overlooked him or maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about, but – the Memphis running back, the the wide receiver turned running back. I yeah, he, he was a good. He's prospect. a fun one. Antonio Gibson is who you're thinking about, and yes, he lands. Uh, I think it was sixth round or seventh round yep. in this mock draft with the New Orleans Saints. So he's yes, yes, Ooh. exactly. If that were to play out, he's he's a guy that's um, getting a lot of comps to a player like Tony Pollard, and landing with the Saints. Bigger. Yeah, yeah, landing with the Saints would yeah. uh would be an exciting one we know they know they they make the the best of their players i mean we've seen we've seen them turn taste taste hill into a weapon so imagine what they would do with with a guy like antonio gibson all right guys this this 2020 class is so uh so intriguing so exciting that we could go on for a, a lot longer at least <laughs> but we we better call it a night uh, we'll have plenty of more rookie talk as the uh, weeks go on. George, thanks for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, uh, you can find me at four for four. Uh, you know, uh, dynasty content right now, kind of ramping up this off season. And uh, you find me on Twitter at RotoHack. Uh, you know, musing every now and again. All right, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>